What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English, joined by my co-host, Zach Hamill. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy as we're recording this on Halloween. Have another NBA podcast episode coming for you today. Zach, how we doing? Good, man. What's going on? Not a lot, you know, just waking up from that uh, grind of work last night, but uh, ready to talk some NBA hoops. Great. Glad to hear it. All right. So uh, we're going to start off today with going through a few teams from both the Eastern and Western Conference who have kind of been stuck in the middle of the... Uh, playoff race each of the past, you know, three, four years, and what we think they can do this offseason to really propel them into, you know, the semifinals or even NBA finals run. Um, Let's start off with the Phoenix Suns um, in the Western Conference, and I'll let you start kind of just going through, you know, the current roster they have, what they need to do with some of their free agents, and how you think that they can really take that next step. Okay, so they went down to the bubble and kind of became America's team there for a second. They didn't lose a game. They, they missed the playoffs by a percentage point or two. That is really, um, how do I put this? It really makes me excited and nervous at the same time for them. Cause I'm worried their front office is going to be like, okay, now's the time to do something really stupid and, and try to advance this for two years instead of just being like, we we're doing everything correctly. We're finally on our way there. I think they ride it out, or they should ride it out. I'm worried they're going to try to make some big splash and do something crazy. My advice would be to just keep building around Booker and DeAndre Ayton, who got suspended for 25 games last year. I would assume if he doesn't, they're, they're a playoff team already. You know, that's they, they they didn't do terrible during that stretch, but you know he's better than Aaron Baines. Aaron Baines isn't a starter on a on a playoff team. And then Booker's a superstar. They've drafted pretty well. They got. Mikael Bridges on the wing. They have Cam Johnson from Carolina on the wing. Both those guys turned into pretty decent role players, and that's really all you need when you have stars. Um, they bring in Rubio, who is the first, I think, pure NBA-level point guard that Booker's had in his career, and you can just see how it settles a team down, has them run actual offense when they're stuck, when they need a bucket. I think he's been a huge influence on on Booker, so and Monty Williams as the coach, finally, I think was a really good move. They've been shuffling through coaches so fast that they can never really get any stability. But for them, I know Kelly Oubre is a name that gets thrown a lot, around a lot. If they can get something you know, worthwhile for him, I say absolutely move him because I want all the shots going through Booker and Aiton, like I said. But for them, I just hope they don't try to make some huge swing at it when they're really not one player away you know they're they're a good four years away of just building a core and riding it out in my opinion what do you think yeah I mean I completely agree I was a big fan of the Monty Williams hire when they originally got him um, like you said they got some good guys coming off the bench for them you know Cam Johnson you know Bridges developed nicely um, Frank Kaminsky does have a uh, team option so I don't know if they're gonna bring him back um, Sarge and Baines are both free agents. Um, to me, you know, like you said, they definitely got to just keep running it through Booker and Aiton. They made a really nice run down 
um, in the bubble. Ricky Rubio is going to be a point guard that's good for them, you know, for another couple years. And like you said, I think they just need to continue developing over the next three, four years. Um, to me, the really only needs they um, have on their team is I do think they need to add a few more veteran leadership guys. Now that they've kind of sniffed what the playoffs could be like, I still think they're a super young team. And if you throw in a few veteran players, I'm in the mix. You know, I look at some free agents that, you know, a guy like Paul Millsap on a cheaper option, a Marcus Saul, just a bigger guy that can maybe help out guys like Aiden and Bridges um, as far as developing, you know, in the post. And I like Baines there. I just think just don't overpay him. Yeah. I'll bring back Baines. Yeah, agree. And then, you know, I think they also do need some more point guard depth because outside of Ricky Rubio, I don't really – I mean, looking at their bench, they don't really have another guard to drive the ball when him or Booker is not on the court. I don't know if a guy like Jeff Teague or even like a Goran Dragic, if he's, you know, a little bit cheaper because he's coming off injury to kind of mix in with them um, would be nice. But overall, I think their team's going in the right direction. Yeah, I like Teague. They took the kid from that Virginia national title team a couple years ago. I don't know if he's just not good enough i can't even tell you his name you know uh, I'm talking about? Hi, Jerome, maybe yeah, yeah yeah yeah. he's on that roster i just don't think he's good enough to be the guy we're talking about i i, I like to here yeah i just like i said i think adding a few more veteran guys would do you know that team a lot of justice i think with monty williams there i think he wants to bring in maybe a few more veteran guys and still let booker and eight obviously dictate everything like we've been saying but also have those veterans there that they can kind of lean on for when they do get closer to playoffs and stuff that they have those veteran that's a nice guys spot for That's a nice spot for Gallo now that I think about it. Yeah, I mean, that he'd be kind of be that third guy, shooting guy that can play both small forward, power forward, even the center spot if they went small. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's a nice spot contract-wise. Um, but, yeah, Phoenix is definitely a team, I think, that – a lot of people are going to be keeping an eye on. And another team that I think has been really close the past few years, and to me this is a team that's really one piece away, um, is the Portland Trailblazers. Um, you know, you look at their starting lineup for next year as of right now. you got Damon, CJ, obviously, with Nurkic. Um, after that, they have a lot of, you know, weird situations for free agents because technically they do have Ariza and Collins, which would be their next – two starters because both Whiteside and Carmelo Anthony are free agents. And then you look at their bench, Rodney Hood as a player option, Hazonia player option. And then other than that, you really only have Simons and Gary Trent, who I thought played super well in the bubble for them. And he's going to be a big bench player for them. Um, But they really just need more bench scoring. Um, So when Dave and CJ aren't in that, they can at least stay afloat. It's almost like the LeBron effect where, when Dave and CJ aren't in, I feel like this team has trouble scoring the basketball, and then obviously injuries have been killing them. What do you think about the Blazers in general? Well, they thought the guy would be Simons. Then when they went to the Western Conference Finals, he he was pretty great down the stretch of that year, and then just didn't really do anything the next year. So you're right; they need they need some bench guys. But he's still there. Uh, maybe he can figure it out. They should have never got rid of Seth Curry. I like him a lot as a bench spark plug kind of guy. Um, I don't, I like Zach Collins too. I think he'll be back. Um, if he's, yeah, he's still there. He, but, um, I look, I, no one wants to say it there, 
and maybe you can't get a fair enough return for him, but I would at least make calls on CJ and see what they can get back for him just because um, they're fun together. They seem to get along. They both get hot. They score, but it just doesn't seem to be good enough. You know, they went to the West Conference Finals, but they weren't in Golden State's class, even without Durant. They got whooped. You know, Lillard can give you as many points as you want every night. I think don't think CJ's the right kind of two guard that he needs. Like when he had Wes Matthews before the Achilles tear and Wes would just shoot threes and guard with the best guard on the other team. That was a better fit, even if it wasn't as fun to watch, you know? And if they could get a guy like, like I saw CJ for Kevin Love stuff floated out a couple years ago. I think, and now they're going to be good again with Nurk playing all year. Like you said, injuries killed them, but I don't know. I think at some point they have to look in the mirror and say, look, neither, neither of these guys guard anybody. We're going to be having to outscore teams every time we put them out there. And if they can get, you know, some sort of two-way guard in there for CJ, I mean, they'd have to get a huge return back. But like some sort of Kevin Love and Shetty Osmond or something like that to um, just mix something up because I think they've hit their ceiling as far as they go. Yeah, and I think that's the conversation a lot of people are starting to have. And like you said, I don't think anyone internally there is going to say that. And I think the same thing, if you ask both Dame or CJ, they're going to tell you the same thing, that they want to play together. And, you know, Dame's always been the underdog mentality where he could easily walk away and go to a Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, whoever you want to name it, and really ring chase. But he wants to win one in Portland. Um, I really doubt they pick up or bring back Whiteside at all. I mean, at $7 cap, there's just no way. I don't like him as a guy either. I just don't – I'm not a fan. No. And to me, some of their free – and the big thing with them, I felt like last year in the playoffs, um, you know, Dame could only carry you so much. He was dropping like 50 in in his sleep every night, and it was barely enough just to get them in the playoffs. They just don't have enough defensive guys or guys off the bench to really propel them over these better teams. Like you said, I really love – Last year, I think a big reason why they made it to the Western Conference Finals, even though they did get killed by Golden State, was their number one and two off the bench was Hood and Seth Curry. And those were two guys that could score a ton for you. And then Curry obviously leaves, Hood gets hurt. Um, I think Gary Trent Jr., if you would have added him to those two, you'd have three great guys off your bench. But I still think they need a lot of defense added to that lineup because you saw once they got against – the Lakers, some of these other teams like Jokic and them. No, Nurkic is a nice player, but he's not really a defensive force as much as you need. So I look at a guy like a Serge Ibaka or a Tristan Thompson that can maybe fit in them. Like you said, they need more defensive guys. So I look at like a guy like Jordan Clarkson or even like an Austin Rivers on a cheap deal. He's a guy that's a very good defender. Um, I just think they need to mix it up a little bit on their bench and add another um, guy to their starting line. Even a guy like Gail and Nari um, could be a nice fit for them. And obviously, I think they want to bring back Mello as well. Yeah, I mean, we, we, even the guys you just named, though, are just even the, the one that actually plays defense is Rivers, and he's so small that he's just another. It's more problems than the same thing. Like, if they run out um, Dame CJ Trent is the one, two, three next year, they're just you're going to have Nurkic on the bench in foul trouble on every game because you're just going to get blown past and then he's going to have to meet them at the rim and he's going to foul guys. And they're just, you know, it's going to be, they, they need, if, if Ariza can play, which who knows, you know, that'll, that'll help. But they just need, they need more guys like him that can switch screens and that'll actually dig in and guard somebody. Maybe even a guy like uh, Jeremy Grant from the Nuggets could be a better fit. 
he's right. can defend kind of three through five, and he'll give you some scoring as well. Right. And then um, it's actually funny we talk about the Blazers because now we're going to move over to the Eastern Conference. Um, a team that for a while before the past year when they were absolutely terrible, um, but I always thought this team was the Portland Trailblazers of the Eastern Conference, and that's the Washington Wizards. Um, and the big reason I say that is because you look at both teams, it's pretty obvious, you know, John Wall and Dave, or excuse me, and Bradley Beal with Damon CJ were kind of just the same two guys, different play styles, but different conferences, and they were the ones that kind of drive the force of the team. Big thing for the Wizards is last year, obviously, Wall was hurt, and then Beal really showed out and really um, established himself as the go-to guy there. I think even when Wall comes back, I think John's going to realize it's going to be Brad's team going forward, but he's still going to have to make his major um, impact. But they were just tied up in so many bad contracts and front office changes. And I think now that they finally got some young guys in there and Wall's going to hopefully be back fully healthy, I think they're going to be a very interesting team um, to watch this year. Um, in the Easter Conference. I know we touched about it last time uh, we had an early talk, but what do you think about the Wizards? Yeah, like you said, it's just going to be up to um, if Wall can accept that, that it's not his team anymore. It's not, it's nobody's fault. It's just, uh, you know, Beal is a 30 point a night guy now. Wall's going to be working his way back a little slower. He's going to have to be a pass first guy, which, which he never really was. I love John Wall, but it's going to be. Weird to see them back on the court together, and it's just it's going to take a minute. I don't think they should be in any rush to get anywhere. And you know, I I would bring back Bertans. I like him. Um, you know, Scotty Brooks last year basically was like, let's just try to outscore guys. Um, you know, it, it's going to it's going to probably look like that again. But I think they're probably going to you know ease Wall back in into the year. I, I think I think next year will basically be like, let's see what we have here with Wall for the first half of the season. And then they can go from there and try to fill that roster out the rest of the way. But I don't think, I don't think they can really afford to rush because if they try to go for it and chase like a five six seed, and Wall just can't play, then they're then they're screwing themselves over. So it's they're in a really tough spot. I don't I don't really know which way I'd go there. Yeah, it's definitely tough. I mean, Wall and Beal when they're both healthy, and I think John will realize that he needs to kind of defer to Brad. And I don't – there's definitely going to be nights where John's going to have to carry load over Beal because he just doesn't have it. But if John can even return to 80% of what he was, you know, a few years ago when they were going to game seven against Boston and he was averaging, you know, well, like 29, 10, and 8. Like, if he gets to 80% of that, I think that's a huge thing for them. Um, they've got some nice young players. Troy Brown Jr. is kind of developing. Rihachimura, I think, was a little bit better than a lot of people – you know, panned him out to be. Uh, Thomas Bryant at center is not terrible. I just think their bench just – there's really nothing there. Um, they're getting rid of, obviously, Jan Mahimi, one of the worst contracts in NBA history. Um, like you said, I like Burton's a lot. I think they'll bring him back. Um, it's Smith's still under contract. I don't know if they want to keep him with that. I like him. As a um, I think for the next year, it's not going to really kill them. Um, like you said, they this past year they went into games and just wanted to outscore people, and they were scoring 130, 140. But like you said they're giving up 140, 150. Um, so they need to bring in some guys at least defensively to help at least anchor, 
you know, the front line, I don't even know some guys they would go after. Maybe like a Mason Plumley, Serge Ibaka, um, even a guy like Jay Crowder, um, just to give them some more defensive value. And I don't know if they'd want to, like you said, you don't want to go for it without knowing Wall's status. But I think if they were to go for it, a guy like DeMarcus Cousins coming off injury, because obviously the history with Wall, um, I don't know if they would go after a guy like DeRozan if he opts out of his player options. I don't think he will to kind of give them three guys. But like you said, I think there's so much lying out of Wall's health that I doubt they make a move like that. Yeah, I like DeRozan for a lot of teams. I think he's become underrated, weirdly, because of the analytics movement, which, I, which I'm not anti-analytics by any means. I just think he's still a really valuable player that people have kind of, you know, through the Toronto years, there's no shame in losing to LeBron James and there's no shame in not being Kawhi Leonard. So I think DeRozan's kind of slept on, but I think him and Beal do too many of the same things. I don't know if that's a great fit or not. I like him better in other places. Yeah, I think the big thing, like you said, is we have to see what Wall looks like before they can like make that decision. Okay, we have another year or two to go for it because Brad has – the contract where he can opt out, I believe, after next season um, and become a free agent again. And I think he made that his contract for a reason. So he has that option where if, you know, Wall obviously comes back and looks healthy and the team really improves and they get in that 7-8 spot and maybe push a team 6-7 games, he could say, okay, if we add a piece or two, we'll be right there. Um, the Eastern Conference is weird just because after the top – four teams you really never know what's going to happen i think you know miami boston milwaukee and now brooklyn with duran Kyrie coming back um are a top four without a doubt um and then toronto obviously in there as well um so i guess top five but after that there's just really no clue what's going to happen in that conference right um and then the last team we're going to talk about is a team that's kind of been you know that six through eight spot i feel the past probably four or five years, and I feel like they play Toronto every year in the first round now. Um, it's the Orlando Magic. Um, they're a pretty weird team because they have a lot of young guys, and then they have, like, veterans who are good, but it just seems like they've been there for so long that it's run its course. And I just think they just need to change it up and almost blow it up. Um, I'm not really sure how I still feel about Steve Clifford um, as their head coach. I think he's a decent coach. I just think getting in that six to eight spot every year. There's really no different result outside of winning one lucky game in the first round, um, like the past few years. And like their young core, like, you know, Fultz has been playing a lot better, obviously. Um, Jonathan Isaac just tore his ACL, so we don't know when he's going to be back. Um, Mo Bamba, you know, then they have like the veteran guys like Gordon, uh, Fournier, Vucevic, Terrence Ross. Um, it's just a weird team, honestly. And I just really don't really know where they want to go from here. Right. So I looked at – I think they have more of a GM front office issue than they do a coaching issue. I, I like Clifford. I be, this is – here's their first-round picks for the last whatever years, right? Okay. 2019 is Chinu Akiki who tours ACL in college. He's a really good player. We'll see what happens there. Who, who knows? The year before that is Mo Bamba. The year before that is Jonathan Isaac. The year before that is Sabonis, then Mario Hazonia, Aaron Gordon, Vic Oladipo, Andrew Nicholson from Bonnie's. Those are the last eight years or so. 
The only two you can really say that they nailed there, or, you know, nailed is fluid, but is Sabonis and Oladipo, who they traded together for Serge Ibaka, which looks absolutely bonkers now. So, you know, Jonathan Isaac, who knows? But that is just missing too often, too high in the draft. You know, those are top five picks. Those are top seven picks. Those are top two picks in some in some spots. If you just miss that many times, you're putting your coaches and your roster just in an impossible spot. The fact that they're making the playoffs at all is kind of impressive to me. I, I think it's time to move on from Gordon. I just think he he moves well. He's a body. You know, he I was I heard how great he'd be at Arizona. He really wasn't. I kept hearing how he's going to break out. He really hasn't. It. I think if you're a really good roster in this league and you need a guy that can come off the bench and guard people, he's that. That's he's that's who he is now. He's not. You know, he's just. You know, you are who you are at this point, and he's going to want a lot of money. He already got one contract, I think, but it's time to move on from him, in my opinion. I think the Fultz thing. You know, he's probably never going to fulfill the number one pick. But keep doing that. Keep trying to find guys that haven't worked somewhere else and buy low, maybe like a Malik Monk sort of thing. Um, and just call around and see if you can get lottery picks like that who just haven't fit for whatever reason to see if you can strike gold because you're gonna, they're going to keep being in this spot. They're not high enough to pick anyone good. They're not low enough to um, – not low enough in the draft to really make a playoff run. So I don't know. You have to, you have to figure it out in a weird way, you know, maybe sign and trade Aaron Gordon for something, but um, for them, it's just, it's just a matter of either is, is of just drafting better. You know, you're putting them in a, in a terrible spot and they, and I know they keep shuffling GM. So maybe this one won't be the one to work out. Yeah. I agree with you on Gordon. Like I said, you know, few of their veteran guys, I think it's just been so long that they just need to change up a little bit. I honestly doubt Fournier picks up his player options. I think he can get, more than the seventeen million, um, you do test free agency um, from a few teams. I'm not sure he's going to get a ton of money, but I think one of those. Even if he gets, I think he's going to pick it up. What was that? I think he's going to pick it up. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't. I guess I wouldn't be shocked if he does. I just don't know if. I feel like he wants to go somewhere where he can. I feel like there's some teams in the NBA that could really use him. As either yeah, but man I, don't think those, or, I don't think those teams can pay him seventeen million dollars though. Yeah, it's up to if he wants. If he wants to win, sure, but I that's a lot of money, especially in Florida. Yeah, it's I just true. I think no he can stay for one more year. Yeah, I mean, I guess like we, for him, it would be determining if he wants to win or not. Because if he wants to win, I think he would decline. But I guess if he wants just the money, and I guess because of COVID and everything, Frazier probably will be a little bit weird this year. Um. But, yeah, Gordon, I think, definitely has to go with Jonathan Isaac out because he's pretty much their starting small forward. You know, I've seen a lot of DeMar DeRozan rumors to Orlando. I don't really know how that would work. Um, But, you know, a guy like Christian Wood, I think, is kind of intriguing if you were to move Gordon because, obviously, Detroit's, like, really bad and Wood kind of developed into a pretty solid player. I think him next to Vucevic would kind of be interesting. Yeah, they do a lot of the same stuff. If if I, if they move on from Vucevic, if they can find a way to move Vucevic, like we talked about last week or last or two weeks ago, then yeah, I would love Wood as a player. He's a, he's a, I think he's a very similar, sim, very very similar player to, to Vucevic though. Yeah, and Vucevic I think is actually a really solid player. It's just very hard to tell what his trade value is and like really what they want. Like I don't know if they want to build around. 
him and like Fultz and hope Isaac comes back. Or yeah, I, the kid they drafted last year is the Okiki kid from Auburn is is really good, and he could play the four. Isaac can play the four too, but that's two torn ACLs that you're just crossing your fingers on. That's just I mean it's just really bad luck. Yeah, I just, Orlando's just a weird team, and I think of the four teams we talked about, they're kind of the biggest wild card because they really, like you said, the GM changes and everything. They just really haven't had a direction. Um, so it's going to be interesting what they do in free agency and what they kind of um, want to position themselves. Like you said, I think buying low on guys that, you know, haven't panned out, like you'll look at the Bulls like Chris Dunn, um, you know, like they did with Fultz, like you said, go and find a um, Malik Monk type player, bring him in and see if you could kind of maximize what he has left or maybe what you thought they were going to get when they drafted him. Um but moving on from that, we're going to talk about some breakout candidates for this year. You know, last year we had, you know, Luca, Devontae Graham, um, Bam Adebayo, Brandon Ingram, uh, just to name a few guys. I came up with a list of five guys. I don't know if you want me to start or if you want to start, of just guys who are going to break out next year and really, you know, come onto the scene in the NBA. Yeah, I have four, so why don't you go first since you have one more. All right, um, so first – a guy that got drafted really high last year that um, I thought had an okay rookie season, but I don't think it met expectations to a certain degree um, is RJ Barrett from the Knicks. And I think a lot of that obviously is just the Knicks are, I don't even know how to describe the Knicks because they're just so bad in so many different ways. But um, I just think that he's going to be the guy they're definitely going to build around. I feel like, they're I don't know if they're moving on from Kevin Knox or if they just like I don't know what they're doing with him you know they brought in Dennis Smith Jr. last year or a few years ago he never really amounts to anything for them and I think he was just in a tough spot and I think if they bring in some more guys around him you're going to see him shine more um, and I think now that he's got his feet wet I think he's going to be um, a good player for them um, who would be one guy that you would keep an eye on well, Barrett, quickly, I think I have no opinion of him whatsoever from last year. I think it's totally unfair. If they, I'll tell you what, if they bring in Chris Paul, I think he'll do great. And I think if they bring in Russell Westbrook, I think he'll do terribly. How's that? Yeah, I can, I can agree with that. Um, I like – my first one is Lonnie Walker from the Spurs. He's been behind uh, – been playing behind a lot of guards for them for years now. He's been – I think this is going to be his third season. But he tears up summer league every year. I feel like he's hanging thirty a game, and then down in their bubble, they didn't play too poorly, and he he was a pretty big part of it. Um, went to Miami, he could fill it up, and then you know they have. It seems doesn't seem like Derek White's going to be back there. I just keep seeing his name and stuff. So it'll be you know Deontay Murray, Lonnie Walker, um, Keldon Johnson from Kentucky is there. Derek White, so they have a bit of a log jam, but I think he's going to break through it this year. I just like the way he plays. He moves well. He can shoot threes. He can hammer at the rim. Um, he's not really a Popovich guy, but I think that he has been there long enough that he'll figure it out this year. Yeah, I like him a lot. I think he's a great two-way player, um, decent defender, can really shoot the ball. Um, I think he's going to get some more minutes and more kind of offense through him, like you said, if guys like Derek White or even if DeRozan does or doesn't come back, we'll have to see with him. Um, and it's funny you mentioned the Spurs because my next guy actually on my list was DeShante Murray. 
um, coming off injury. He was a player I think was trending um, in the right direction. And I think he kind of gets forgotten because he was, you know, on the late stages of the Spurs team before they kind of got to where they are now. They didn't like blow it up, but they were kind of just scraping by trying to keep that playoff streak alive. And I feel like he kind of got forgotten because he was so young. Um, and I think him coming off injury, if DeRozan does stay, the combination of those two with Walker, um, and then I don't know what they're going to do with Aldridge. Um, I don't know if they're going to trade him or not. He's obviously been in trade rumors, but I really like Murray's game, and I think he could be, you know, an 18, 20-point-per-game guy and then, you know, five, six rebounds and assist a game per player. Yeah, it'll just depend on how how – how much he can get the jumper there. I like, I like him a lot going back two years. He wasn't great in the bubble last year, but he was coming off an injury. I'm never going to judge somebody on that. I, he's just, he's a really great athlete. Really, really great. He's going to be all defensive for a second team. I think as long as he plays, but he's just going to depend on the jump shot. Yeah, I agree. Um, last year, the Pistons drafted this guy ninth or so. I think Siko Demboya from France. I really like what I've seen from him. They are terrible. Um, maybe my least favorite roster in the whole NBA. And if they get off Blake, you know, someone's going to have to score for them. And I don't even think it's just it's like a bad team, good stats guy. I just like I liked what I've seen from him. He can play the three, four, bit of the five. He's a really good athlete, better shooter than they, they said he was going to be. Total enigma, enigma to me. It's not like I watched him in high school or anything. But I just like what I've seen from him. I think he'll, I think he's going to end up being a pretty good pick for them. He's a crafty crafty foreign player yeah i agree the pistons roster is just atrocious um derrick rose is pretty much only like storyline keeping that team on a lifeline um there they really don't have any great players outside of doom boy i mean christian wood obviously developed into a decent player but um like you said blake griffin's gotta go you know i like Dwayne casey i don't know if he's really the correct coach for that team I, that's an yeah, I don't think That's another care. team that I just don't know like what direction they're trying to go in. But I do like Demboya. I think he will have um, a good year for them. They seem like a try to get the first first pick overall team next year. I think Blake will be gone. Derek Rose will be gone. Um, Christian Wood will probably be gone. And the next guy that um, I like as far as who I think is going to make um, a bigger jump this year, and I think it's probably a weird name that not a lot of people would – think about and I think people look at his shooting numbers and think he's like a bad player or he's not like beating you know the expectations he had when he got drafted but I think he's actually developed pretty nicely especially this year after he joined a new team um and that's Alonzo Ball of the Pelicans um I really like Lonzo's game I think he fits you know that team very well now that Ingram's kind of going to be that go-to guy, I think, obviously, they're going to bring him back. But um, him and Zion, I just think, work really well, kind of being that pick and roll. He can get the ball up the court quickly to those guys. Um, he has shooters kind of around him with J.J. Redick and some other bench guys. Um, Jackson Hayes is a nice player. But I think Alonzo's actually done a nice job to kind of develop his jump shot a little bit. And the numbers aren't, like, great, but you can tell he's getting better as a shooter. And I think this year he's really going to um, kind of put his name into that top point guard category. I disagree with you on that one. 
we'll meet back in a year and see who was right on this. But I think, first of all, Stan Van Gundy is not a very patient guy at all. So if it doesn't happen soon, he's going to play himself out of the door. I just think he, I don't see enough there. I think, I know what you mean. I really do. But I just think he's going to end up being a Sean Livingston kind of guy where he, you plug him in for 10 minutes a game instead of a starter. That's just my opinion. We'll see, though. Yeah, we'll circle back around in a year and see. I was very – we'll touch on this real quick. What is your thoughts even on the Van Gundy hire? I thought it was very odd. I've always liked Stan. I think he's really smart. Um, he he will make them play defense. I'll tell you that. I think he might have, they might have been overreacting to how bad they were last year on defense. But I would say they definitely asked – they definitely ran it by Reddick. He's a veteran in the room. Reddick was drafted by Stan. In Orlando, I like it. I think that they will uh, they'll get Zion to get in shape a little bit better, and he'll he'll learn how to move his feet a little bit more. Understand, but he's just like I said, he's not very patient. So you're gonna, we're gonna hear him screaming from the sideline a lot. Yeah, it was kind of just out of the blue for me. He wasn't. I feel like I didn't hear his name around very much. And then I listened to JJ Reddick's podcast, and he said he had talked to Griffin about bringing in uh, Stan. So not completely shocked, I guess. But um, who's next on? your list for breakout candidates? Uh, Darius Baisley, Thunder. He's a, he played uh, backup four or three kind of guy. He did not go to college. He was one of those guys who said he, he signed with Syracuse, then left Syracuse, never even went, so he didn't leave Syracuse. But he decommitted and said he was going to do the G League thing. And then he didn't even do that. And he was like a New Balance intern for a year and just worked out. So I think he slipped in the draft a little bit. But I liked what I saw from him t- down the stretch last year. Played a lot in that Houston series. I think he's still adjusting to the speed of the league, but he's big. He's, his jumper's coming along, and he's got a little bit, bit of a nice handle for his size. I just like – they're they're going to be a, a young team that loses a lot next year, but I think he's going to get a lot better. It'll be him and uh, SGA handling the ball a lot, and I just think he's a, he's a name to watch. I like basically It's super funny you said that because he's actually one of the guys I had on my list too. Yeah, I like. Oh, really? I really liked what he did um, in the bubble, and I think he got a lot more minutes than people were expecting. Because, definitely, definitely, I didn't expect him to play. Yeah, that and I think because you know OKC already overachieved last year as is, because I think everyone thought they were just going to blow it up and they weren't going to be very good. But you know, Chris Paul, Adams, Gallinari, the emergence of Gildas Alexander, and then Schroeder off the bench. You know, they made a good run, and then you know you, you see Baisley getting these like bigger time minutes almost like him and Dort just kind of came out of nowhere and provided them with some spark off the bench they needed um but yeah I like Baisley a lot I completely agree with you that's funny (laughs) and then uh my final guy I couldn't help myself I had to throw him on here um just based on the rookie year he had and I'm very very curious um to see how he does this second year and I know you like him a lot because he's a UK guy, but uh, Tyler Hero, Miami Heat, um, really exploded onto the scene in the bubble. Um, I think everyone knew he was going to be good. Um, I think people were surprised at how good he was this year for them um, off the bench. And then come, you know, playoffs, he was the guy that, you know, down the stretching games, like, he was on the f- floor, for, like, late stages, fourth quarter, like, every single game, closing out games. And I'm just super curious um, 
how he fits the Heat's plans for next year because I don't know if he's going to go into the starting lineup or if they want to work him in. It really, I think, depends on what they want to do with Dragic. But it's as like a Heat fan, it's very hard not to be excited about him. And I think a lot of people are curious to see how big of a step he makes next year. Yeah, I'm glad you said the Dragic thing because I think that's going to be a ton of it for Hero. He's, I don't think he's ready to really handle the ball that much yet. It'll get there, but Dragic helps him a lot on the court. So if, if they get rid of – if they let Goran go, I worry a little bit that – because Hero has a target on his back now. He was everyone's little darling. He talks a lot of trash. Guys are going to be ready for him next year. I think he'll be he'll be fine with that. You know, he's a, he's a confident kid, as he should be. But, you know, he's not going to sneak up on anybody in, anymore. And so if Dragic isn't there to, to kind of probe the defense and get to the rim, kick out and all that stuff, I wonder if they can get someone in there that will, because I don't think Hero's that guy yet. But he, you know, he's going to be he's gonna be that guy for a while. I think it's real up and down. That he'll give you six, and then he'll give you 28, and it'll be that for a while. But that's all they need from him. Yeah, like you said, I think Dragic definitely helps him a lot. I think he obviously needs to get a little more muscle and get better, a lot better defensively. That's, I think, the big theme for a lot of that. their young guys in that team, him, Robinson, Nunn, um, all got to get a little bit better defensively. But um, Hero and Robinson, obviously, can both just shoot the crap out of the ball, as you would say. Um, they, I think they're just a very exciting team. And like you said, I don't think Hero's going to sneak up on anyone. I'm just very curious at how he handles this next year after kind of exploding onto the scene in these playoffs and just averaging like 20. And like you said, he has that cockiness and confidence that he's not afraid of anybody, but I think people are definitely going to be going at him next year. For sure. And then um, to end the podcast for today, we're going to go through top five matchups of games we're looking forward to um, this upcoming season. And uh, I'll let you start off with the first game you're looking forward to. Okay, well, yeah, last just quickly last week, I have Wendell Carter on the end here too from oh, Chicago. Okay. I really like him. He's just been a guy that hasn't played much, but he, uh I think I think everybody likes him. Um for can I can I talk about Philly yeah, real quick? Absolutely. Um just I just think it's hilarious that they I'll keep it quick because I can get long-winded about them. But I think that Hinky was right about the process the whole time and it's just hilarious that they ran him out of town, ruined his roster and his assets and then just hired his boss that showed him how to do everything to like come back in and fix everything in Gerald Moore. I just think it's very funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to get that off. That organization track. is just, I mean, like you said, we could do a whole 76ers podcast. I don't know what they've done. We could go through that. We go through why on earth they thought Tobias Harris was better than Jimmy Butler. Um, right. Yeah. They're just, <laughs> you, you... Hinky's whole point with the process was that you have to get multiple cracks at the, at the lottery because it's you're going to miss some and he that's all his point was is not and he was right because he got two of them wrong the okafor and folds were whiffs but simmons and and bead aren't and that was his whole point is like you have to do this for four straight years in order to get two guys that'll work because you're only gonna hit it half the time and he was totally right and then they just butchered everything from there but yeah we can move <laughs> on. um what's the first game you're looking forward to to see this year for two teams um, I'm just guessing. I I really wanted it. I know that you're a Heat fan, and I enjoyed the finals, but I really wanted Celtics Lakers, and I think that will be in the finals. I just think that it seems like Tatum and LeBron have like a little bit of a friendship going. Tatum's getting better every year, but I want to see. I really like how they match up. I feel like when they play each other on 
Christmas or whenever the two years it is that they play each other, Jalen Brown and Tatum always get up for that game and they play well. And I think no one on Boston can guard Davis, so it's always a competitive one. Yeah, I like that game a lot. And one game I want to see um, that I think a lot of people probably wouldn't even think about, but I want to see Clippers Blazers only because the last time we saw them when they were playing in the play-in games at the end of the bubble, you know, you saw Morris and Beverly Chirp and Dame on the bench because they were both hurt. And I just love when Dame gets going because you know when he has beef with someone, he's not going to, like, let it go. So I can't wait to see those two teams match up next year and Dame and Beverly just go at it for 40 minutes straight. Yeah, yeah, that was a great. I want, I want to see the Instagram after the game more than I want to see the game. Hopefully, uh, Beverly got to enjoy his trip maybe with Dame to Cancun after they lost. Yeah. I want to see uh, Nets, Nets versus anybody, but Nets Knicks because I feel like no matter what Brooklyn's tried to do over the last decade since they moved to Brooklyn, they it's always going to be a Knicks town. But I don't know anymore. <laughs> the Knicks have been so bad for so long that. Durant and Kyrie might be enough to swing it. So I want to see that first game in MSG. I want to see how many fans show up as, as rooting on the nuts. And I want to see like, the Twitter reaction to how many New York people jump ship finally on Dolan in the next. Yeah, I have a few Nets games in here. I have Nets Celtics in here just because, you know, Kyrie leaving the Celtics, you know, after he kind of said he was going to resign, then obviously leaves. The Celtics look great without him. Now he has KD there. You know, Celtics are very up and coming and are one of the favorites, if not the favorite, to come out of the East. So I think that'd be a super intriguing matchup between the Nets and the Celtics. Yeah, I want to see the two teams I think that over overachieved the most that I than I thought last year in the West were just uh, Memphis and Phoenix. And I think it'll be between those two to really um, chase that eight seed. Maybe New Orleans gets back in it, but, but I want to see those two teams play because I just like – between Morant and Booker, I want to see who's going to, you know, be the be the better eight nine seed of that. Of the, I'm going to watch those two teams closely a lot next year. So I like to see Memphis. I want to see Joplin anybody, but Memphis Phoenix. Yeah. Um, Warriors Lakers is another game I'm keeping an eye on just because I think the Warriors are just this year is going to be super fun to watch them. Um, even though I think a lot of people still hate them for when KD went there and. They kind of ruined the NBA for a few years. But, um, you know, Lawyers obviously didn't have anyone last year because of injuries. Now that Steph and Clay are back and healthy and Draymond's there, they have the second pick, whatever they want to do at that, they're still going to be a top five team in the West. And I just want to see what they do against, like, the Lakers and see if they can, like, is it going to be, can they remind everyone that, hey, we're still a great team and we're still here? and we're not a pushover, or is it going to be, you know, Steph and Clay isn't going to be enough to, you know, keep them in the top three or four because there are a lot of good up-and-coming teams in the West. Yeah, and I, I'm assuming that they have the opening night ring ceremony. The Lakers will play the Clippers, and I just want to see the Clippers watch them get their championship rings. I want to see all the looks on their faces before they get <laughs> That's that's funny. I, I hate those guys. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I think even though even though I don't think Marcus Morris will be there anymore, and he's the main guy I want to see watch 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 it happen. But Beverly will be there. 
Yeah, I think that's obviously going to be – the L.A. matchup's just going to be good for as long as Paul George and Kawhi are together first LeBron to AD. Um, I think the big game that I've been wanting to see is Nets-Lakers only because, like I talked about – touched upon uh, last time we talked a few weeks ago. Now it's kind of even playing ground. KD's got Kyrie. LeBron's got AD. Now it's go time where it's pretty even – you know, as far as, you know, maybe I think LeBron and AD is the better duo between the two, but I think the Nets have more um, young depth players like Levert, Allen. I don't know if they're going to trade Levert or not, but um, I think if they were to meet in the finals, I just think it'd finally be, as long as Durant's, you know, anything what he used to be, um, it'd finally be a finals where it'd be like, all right, let's see LeBron and uh, KD just go at it to see who really is the best in the world. Right. And I think, didn't Ky- what did Kyrie say like a month ago? He's, he finally has a teammate that can make a yeah. shot. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm sure LeBron saw that. <laughs> and then uh, last one for you of matchups you want to see. Oh, just Luca versus anybody. I just want to see. Um, I want to see year three of him because year two was a bigger jump than I think any of us expected. And I'm sure it's going to get even more fun for him. He's, he's my MVP pick. I'll just say it now. Yeah. I, he's definitely in top three for me. I would, if I'd pick MVP right now, I'm going to go Tatum actually. I think, oh, I, like I think he's, he was a guy and I saved the tweet because I was like, I feel like I'm going to be right about this three years ago after, you know, Kyrie went down with injury and, they kind of made that little run in the playoffs. I tweeted that he'd be an MVP within three years. So I'm going to stick to it and hopefully he gets it this year. But um, the last bet. Yeah, I still remember in that draft, in that draft, when everyone was obsessed with faults, it was like, how, how is, have you watched this guy play? Like he can do everything about Tatum. You know, I never, I never got the, the sleeping on him. I think he's an absolute star. Yeah, he obviously should have went one in that. People just hate Boston, I think, too. That's part yeah, of Yeah, for sure. I mean, as they should. They Just the city of Boston in general. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, right. My last matchup is one that we saw in the playoffs past year and which is super fun to watch. And I think it's between two rising stars and it's Nuggets Jazz. I love the back and forth between Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray. And I'm very interested to see how they kind of take that next step next year. Because I think before everyone saw Mitchell as rising – um, star and then Jamal Murray, I think, was just very good. All star potential was just very up and down, inconsistent. Obviously, had some injury issues, but he just, you know, proved that he can be the guy for them um, going forward with Jokic. Um, and I think the Nuggets are going to be a scary team over the next three, four years, especially if Michael Porter Jr. meets any expectations and becomes a great player like he was in the bubble. Definitely. I mean, these certain plays shape narratives in the league. You know, if, if Mike Conley's three goes in in game seven, I think the whole summer everyone's saying Murray and Jokic aren't good enough. They have to fix something. And Kawhi's Leonard shot a couple years ago does go in against Philly and everyone wants to break up Ben and Joe. You know, it's 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 that it's it really is that close between what we like and what we don't. And I think, you know, if the Jazz get Bogdanovich for that series, who knows how far they go in that and all that. Yeah, I completely agree. Um Obviously, a lot more good matchups, but I think we touched on some really great ones and a really great show once again. Thank you for 
joining me again, Zach, and I'm sure we will uh, have another good episode in a few weeks here. My pleasure, man. This has been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. Thank <laughs> you.